And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. You can't listen live overnight for some reason, as you know you're required to do. You are, it's you true. S- you still do have a second option. You can download our Red Eye Radio app and listen when and where you want. All right, this is the audio cut of the week. I didn't even ask you. I didn't I didn't ask for your vote because I think you agree with me on this. And you were we'll out see on, about that. You were out talking anyway. Yeah. I was in here working hard in the studio, never left, and you were out gallivanting, is talking that, to people, is shaking that what you were hands. Doing? Yeah, I was signing autographs. Signing autographs. Picking up chicks. Avoiding the paparazzi. Avoiding <laughs> in the hallway. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> Hey, did you see very quickly here? Did you see Grandma Gaga's going on tour? Oh, no, no. I came across uh, the headline. Said, I think it's The Guardian that did the headline. That something to the effect of Madonna, Grandma Gaga. Grandma as Gaga, as we call her, yes. Uh, defying the odds at. 82 or however old she is. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> but, but, is she 62 or something? Uh, I something. think it said 64. Okay. But the, and then it said, but what are the, um, you know, something to the effect, what are the prospects for jobs of other women at that age? And I thought, what? Madonna's making millions, but other women that are her age don't make the millions. <laughs> what? What are you? What is happening? I didn't see that. What, what, it's just silly. <laughs> it, it's like they want to do a piece on women in the workforce. At approaching retirement age, or as they call them in the UK, pensioners. Okay, do that story. 
the, I guess the question would be, all right, you know, because what did we hear? 64 is the new 34. No, it's not. 64 is the same 64 it's always been, <laughs> but with inflation, you've got to keep working like you're 34 right. because it's going to be at least another 31 years before you're able to retire. And we have better pain pills now than we did 50 years ago. We do. Which will kill you themselves. Well, and, you know, <laughs> that's the thing is is that I, I looked at it and I, I said to myself, well, you know, what is it? What's the point you're trying to get across with, you know, this this whole article? If you want to do one or the other, right? Madonna's still making music at 64. Okay. And then the other article would be, or story, women in the workplace at retirement age. Okay. But don't compare the two. <laughs> like saying, you know, the Eagles have one of the greatest album sales records of all time. Sold over a hundred million albums. But Eric Harley hasn't sold one. <laughs> but most men have not sold those kind of why did I just go into Keith Morrison there? You did, you did. Eric Harley <laughs> hasn't sold one album. Yeah. <laughs> most That's men strange. haven't sold that many albums. In fact, most men haven't sold any albums and therefore <laughs> yeah. aren't privileged to the lifestyle of the Eagles. Well, well, many middle-aged <laughs> men have acoustic guitars. <laughs> they haven't sold over a hundred million albums. <laughs> and it's about... To get very serious. And the people that work for ISIS, they don't get health care. They don't get health care. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, really? What happened? Oh, <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm glad you saw that story and I didn't because I would have gone, ah! All I know is there, there was a guy I know, and I don't even know why, but he was just going off. I don't care about Madonna being... On tour, and I went, oh, I can use Lady Gaga tonight. Excuse me, Grandma Gaga. Yeah. I can, I can use Grandma. That's, that's all I thought about is, oh, I can say, hey, Grandma Gaga. I can fit that in sometime during the show. Grandma Gaga. Yeah. See, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. But I'm sure you will agree that this is going back to where we were. I'm sure you will agree that this is the audio cut of the of the week. Because it left her really momentarily speechless, and she really couldn't answer the question. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, we were there. Let's try that again. That is what matters to the president. The House Oversight Committee chairman says this document situation has all the makings of a potential cover-up. Is President Biden involved in a cover-up? We've been very clear here from... This administration, the president has been very clear that um, he takes this very seriously when it comes to the when it comes to classified information, when it comes to classified documents, and that his team has been um, has been fully cooperative. So all we have to say right there, she never said no. 
I can't believe you asked that question. Of course he's not involved in a cover-up because the headline became White House doesn't deny that the president's involved in a cover-up. It's, it's, it's not just uh, Beltway 101. It's just plain logic. You speak for somebody. You speak for them. And someone asks you if that person is covering something up. No. You pulled the old, you know, how dare you tone. It didn't seem like that caused much of a ripple inside the White House. And it was the you and I both know we went, whoa. And it's almost as if there's no self-awareness. Do you realize you were asked whether there's a cover up and she didn't say no. Did they have that discussion inside the White House? She was there the next day answering questions. I'm thinking to myself, oh, wait a minute, though. Kirby did appear and take a lot of the questions. So, But she was still there. She was still answering questions the well, next day. You know, I, I, I do think they tried to uh, kind of dilute it, right, by putting other people out there, other um, White House official surrogates <clears throat> out there. But you really can't, because I think the reason they did it, I suspect, is because things are so bad with her that you got to put something different out there. You got to have some other uh, sound bites that aren't going as viral as hers. Well, but then again, when Kirby was out there speaking and answer, answering questions, the mm. first thing that was notif- noticed was, oh, He's actually answering some questions. And then we think he realized that he was answering some questions. And then we don't know whether he had a, a earpiece in his ear. You're answering questions. Don't. Oh, okay. Uh, you have to go to Corrine Jean-Pierre. I think it's a better question for you to ask her that. But she won't answer. And you're starting to answer some of the questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I mean, what? A, I mean, it's just. Well, and who was it that? Oh, it was him, wasn't it? That said, I'll have to defer you to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, but okay. Well, uh, I meant to come out here to, you know, break things up, but uh, I'm just going to, you can just go back to asking her questions. I'll ask the question again, hmm. as I asked earlier. Has there been any bright spot or any spot at all in the last going on two weeks? excuse me, three weeks of this scandal that has been a reprieve for the president in any way where you've said, oh, okay, maybe you can take this a different way or that makes sense. Anything. No. No. And and you can look, you know, we, we've covered many scandals before and you can sit there and go, okay, that was a good answer. That, that might be a defense there. There's been nothing in this case. In fact, everybody speaking makes it worse, especially when the president speaks. And now they just somehow they've gotten the message to him. You can't comment on anything ever. Oh, we did notice that the White House was the first White House to celebrate. What was it? The lunar. What do they call it? Lunar Lunar New New Year. Year. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And they had the celebration and uh, they had uh, uh, in attendance many 
uh, many of the attendants were Chinese. Mm-hmm. And you looked at me and you said, is this the time to be promoting? With all the allegations against Hunter. And, 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 and this, with the Penn Center and the Chinese donations, is this ever the time to have the headline, this is the first president to celebrate the Lunar New Year and at his the, at Chi- the White House at the yeah. White House and his Chinese audience was very appreciative. It's like you're just asking all right. of that to go viral right. in terms of what people think about Hunter's activities and everything else. You're just you're begging for it. And by the way, we believe it's fine to celebrate the Lunar New Year. Right. We have no if problem. If you don't have a right. son named Hunter. Right. If you don't have a son named everyone Hunter and, that, <laughs> and millions of donations Anonymous exactly. dona- and millions of right. anonymous donations coming in right. to help support the activities that you wish to support from Chinese donors. Yes, right. it's perfectly acceptable politically. Well, the optics, again, it's just, it's like, well, wait. And the headlines were, first time ever at the White House, after all the allegations about Hunter and his connections with China. And the first thing I thought was, oh, that's part of the influence peddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, but that when you're talking influence peddling, that's what happens. People go, oh, okay. Anything he's doing. What's well, yeah. the first? Right. Well, why is he doing it the first? Okay. Is this uh, some kind of, uh, eh, okay, he's doing positive promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does it for the Lunar New Year, uh, the Chinese government will be more, rec- whatever. I mean, that's, those are the things that are going through your head. Because that's what influence peddling does. Or the allegation of influence peddling. And we know that it existed. We just don't know if there was anything in return for it. And that's what you're always looking for. But we know that the dollars flow to enrich the Biden family. Nobody is debating that. By the way, you notice how nobody... Has anybody come out and said it's ridiculous? Maybe, Maybe The View did. Who was it who said... Was that MSNBC? Who was it who said, look, there's no law against making uh, m- uh, making money because of your family name? Who said that last week? Grandma Gaga. No, uh, <laughs> uh, no I think that was age-related comment that she made. Um, oh, oh, uh, it was uh, Don Lemon. Don Lemon said it? Yeah. Somebody else yeah. said it, too. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking... The audio they- we played... I don't okay. know if we played the audio... I think we read, maybe read I the I thought quote. there was uh, somebody else. Yeah, but it was Don Lemon. Somebody else said it, too. It was yeah, they were else. asking yeah. uh, somebody. Oh, was it uh, was it uh, uh, Chuck Todd? Yes, it was yeah. Chuck Todd. Yeah, both yes. of them basically yeah. were saying it. You know, there's no problem with making and, money. I think Don Lemon was more about making money uh, if you've ever served in office or whatever, you know, right after the fact. But Chuck Todd was like, yeah. You know, what's the problem? And, and and the thing is, he didn't think that out because there's no problem off yeah. of the average person making money off your name. Right. Right. It's uh, so you're selling your name. Why? What are you selling right. your name for? Right. Yeah. What's what the, are you gonna, it's not going right. out there and and like, OK, uh, we want this person uh, to speak to our group right public speaking it's a big 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 no. industry it, this isn't what that was i'll give you the perfect one mm. the kardashians selling something mm-hmm. they're selling the kardashian name right which means what they're selling the image from their reality show mm-hmm. 
and they have an audience that watch their reality show. They have millions of people that follow them. Mm-hmm. And therefore, just their name alone, they can sell the image of their name to the millions of people that follow them on social media and watch, you know, what they do. Right. There's a complete difference, Mr. Todd, if you are a vice president and your son is selling your name, enriching your family, and then you are out of the office and contemplating running for president of the United States and still the money keeps flowing. Right. And it's widely and, known right. that you are contemplating that run for president. And then when you become president, the money still flows to your think tank from anonymous Chinese Very donors. Different. Yep. Now, if you don't recognize the difference in that, maybe you should not be the host of Meet the Press because yeah. you asked the question without thinking. Yeah. Because everybody thought that going... Well, yeah. What do you when you're selling your name? What are you selling? Mm-hmm. Let's get in, Chuck. You want to get into that discussion, right? So you don't. You notice that isn't widely. That argument is not. Chuck Todd used it. Sort of Don Lemon sort of used it, but you notice besides that, it's not really being used by any member of the Senate or House that is a Democrat. Well, again, when you lose Dick Durbin. When he can't yeah. defend you, it's over. I found the headline from The Guardian on Madonna. Madonna defying the odds at 64. But what are the work choices for other women at her age? <laughs> what? <laughs> it seriously is like the Eagles have sold over 100 million albums. <laughs> Eric's also middle-aged and has an acoustic guitar. But he hasn't sold one album. Tiger's injured, but still making hundreds of millions of dollars. Gary McNamara is injured and taking golf lessons. What are his opportunities on the golf tour? Gary's paying to to, to play golf. I'm paying to play golf. What are my opportunities for employment? It's insane. 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Dim lights are an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. Get a full electrical system check if you notice your headlights getting dimmer or brighter. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Talking about uh, pop culture since we uh, mentioned uh, uh, Grandma Gaga there and uh, the yeah. fact that she's going on tour at uh, 64. And Eric asked me the question. He said, who's older, Tanya Tucker or Madonna? And I guess Tanya Tucker, and I was wrong. Uh, no, 
I guess, uh, you guessed, yeah, I, I guess uh, yeah, I'm you, sorry. Yeah, you guessed that Tanya Tucker was older. older. And, and she's, she's younger. She's, she's younger. actually yes. a couple of months younger. Well, I saw this story since we're talking about popular culture. Mm-hmm. Rapper Azalea Banks praises Ron DeSantis's leadership in the state of Florida. She says she feels way safer in Florida than in Los Angeles. During wow. a wide-ranging interview in The Guardian released, both, <laughs> boy, they're covering pop culture like crazy, aren't they, The Guardian this week? Right. The controversial uh, 212 rapper who recently relocated to Miami said in Los Angeles she felt like she always had to have a gun. Not that way in Florida. Under Ron DeSantis' leadership, she feels quite safe. Yeah. Boy, she's going to get backlash for that one, isn't she? Probably. Call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carlin. and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. You know, when you start looking, you know, we had talked about yesterday the uh, uh, New Hampshire um, and uh, the New Hampshire primary. The mm-hmm. University of New Hampshire did a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a poll on, you know, what Democrat uh, right now is leading. And it was Buttigieg. Right. And uh, it came out yesterday. I don't know if it was University of New Hampshire or whatever, but it was a New Hampshire poll that did the Republicans and apparently DeSantis leads. Even though when you look at it over the last couple of weeks, it looks like Trump in the national primary polls are doing better. Mm. Yeah, here it is. It was the University of New Hampshire. DeSantis 42, Trump 30. But on the other polls nationwide, it shows Trump's doing better. And I think I, I don't know if I asked you a question or made the statement the other day. And, and I said, is... I'll put it in a question form, though, and it, and it may be true. Maybe I put it in a statement form when I said it to you. I just can't remember. I was like, is because of the Biden scandal, do people now believe that Trump has a better chance of winning where they did not three weeks ago? And this has and that has helped Trump in the in the national in some of the national polls that have uh, that have come out. And and I don't know. I just I I well, don't know it, whether or is it a, a a you know beyond the the like the chance of winning, is it the reevaluation and and the comparison of the behavior of the two individuals, right? You know, because Trump right now officially is in. Mm-hmm. So and as far as we know, Biden, at least right now, is is in for twenty four. Well, so if those are going to be the two nominees and you're basically looking at a rematch are people reevaluating going all right what was really what did i not like about trump what was it that you know really you know uh where where i kind of moved away from him and then by comparison look if he's going to be the guy on the right my gosh, by comparison, not just the fact that, that Biden has botched everything and everything else that's going on right now, but also what his party is doing. And and I don't know. I, I It's just a it is an open question. I have no idea and really no opinion as to, you know, what that might be, because I don't have any 
numbers in front of yeah, you. Yeah, I still feel it's too early because you don't have active campaigning, uh, you know, and in, in general. I do think, you know, because the, um, you know, DeSantis is DeSantis is rising and has risen in the Republican Party over the last couple of years. Whether it's enough if him and Trump went head to head, who knows? Uh, but I'm wondering whether is is it more of a primary thing where people originally when DeSantis was doing uh, when when Trump fell um, going back about what six months ago hmm. we really started seeing degrade uh, uh, degrading in his popularity hmm. at least in the polls and DeSantis was rising you know DeSantis was rising because of the substance of what he stands for and how he promotes and how he debates and how he argues and you hear it from I hear it from my friends that are were as the most loyal Trump supporters you could possibly imagine, do or die. And it really started mm, probably last fall. I'll never forget having uh, lunch with uh, two of my great friends. I mean, we're talking Trump stuff all over their house. Yeah. You know, you, uh, pictures, you name it, they had it. And I brought them up. I said, what do you think about Trump? They said, love the guy, time's up. Hmm. You know? Uh, his, it's like, uh, and and they viewed it saying, "Look, uh, your uh, your uh, uh, political time." Uh, he said, "Maybe not for Democrats, but for Republicans, your political time is finite." And sorry, uh, he gets in his own way. They go, "Love the guy," but gets in his own way. That was back then. Because of everything happening, are people reevaluating and thinking that he has a better chance against Republicans against DeSantis? I don't know. You and I were reading. Uh, uh, was it Charles Cook column where he just said Trump is losing it mm. in in his true social media stuff, and you know, and it's come out this week. Many conservatives believe that Democrats want. Well, I'll say this: I know that the Democrats want Trump on on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Truth Social. They want what he has to say to be spread all over the place. They still believe the same thing. They believe that no matter how flawed the Democratic candidate is, that Trump will lose. Yeah. And they believe that opening up all these, that Trump will shoot himself in the foot. They believe he did last time. They believe he'll do it again. Mm. I mean, that's where Democrats stand. So I'm wondering that if, if Trump, with all this happens and Trump moves up on the poll, whether you see somebody like Buttigieg actually move back <laughs> and... Mm. And Harris and Biden move up because they would Democrats would view Biden as a known quantity. Now, again, all this stuff could blow up in his face. You know, you people were looking as I know Republicans that were telling me and this was a month ago. Hmm. Now, nah, nah, no, this is uh, Trump's, you know, Trump's done and Trump's done. And and we said this when people have said that we go, well, you never can underestimate Joe Biden's ability <laughs> to quote Obama. To F things up. Yeah. Didn't right. see this coming to this degree <laughs> with him, but it but it does change the context of everything. No, I think it does. And I think that's where, you know, you, you tend to. And, and I think like within the party, um, uh, Republican voters or would be Republican voters looking how looking at how Governor DeSantis in November brought everything together and delivered in a big way on yes. Election Day in his state. Uh, but that has to do with the work done by the governor. You know, that was something it wasn't just 
uh, campaign promises. It was the things that he did as governor, and that's a big deal. Uh, so then, by comparison, you look and say, okay, well, all right, uh, time to move on from the old guard. But then, after the first of the year, uh, and everything falls out on the Biden documents, and everyone is comparing it to the Trump documents, and then I think it's it funny. looks worse. By the way, it is worse, Much and worse. I think right. it, I think that's why the liberal media quit doing the yeah, but Trump thing because they realized, oh, we can't really go there because what we're doing is we're helping basically show that it is much worse in the Biden case. And we can't do that. We want, don't want to be a part of that because it makes Trump look better by comparison. To what extent that, you know, plays out uh, in, the, in uh, the election season, I don't know. But it certainly doesn't hurt Trump at this point. Um, you know, we just have to see where where everything goes and, and also where the Republican Party goes. What decision Governor DeSantis is going to make about, about getting in, it's quite possible. He says, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to sit this out. I'm, you know, I have many things I want to do here in Florida first, and, uh, and I am going to focus on that. And if that's the case, if DeSantis... It's clear becomes clear that by this summer he's not in. Then it really the focus really starts to pare down to Biden and Trump a rematch. Yeah, because it was uh, the last one national. This is the, uh, the national Republican presidential nomination. Emerson on Tuesday, Trump fifty five, DeSantis twenty nine, hmm. Pence six, Haley three, hmm. Cruz one, Rubio and Pompeo one. Uh, and the rest have won. Then you look at uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. Then it has sort of the reverse. DeSantis, 42. Trump, 30. Right. Haley, 8. Sununu, 4. Hogan, 4. Cheney, 4. <laughs> Nome, South Dakota, 2. Pence, 1. Cruz, 1. I find this interesting. Mm. The next two. Pompeo, 0. Mm. Youngin, 0. Mm. Youngin. Mm-hmm. And then for the, the for New Hampshire for the uh, uh, Democrats it was Buttigieg twenty three Biden eighteen Warren eighteen Sanders fifteen Ocasio Cortez six Klobuchar five uh, Kamala Harris two Newsom one Warnock one hmm. just a snapshot it doesn't mean like I said doesn't mean much but it's interesting just to see where people's heads are at right now in different states and nationally yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, so um, not going to take much out of it. But just talking about DeSantis, because we were talking about the rapper who was saying, oh, yeah, feel very, very safe. Hmm. You know, and and she was talking about there are old people walking around everywhere. They're not afraid. They're not afraid. She goes, Los Angeles, we're at a completely different ballgame. I'm in Miami. People feel safe. You can tell it's it's a completely different ballgame, and I credit, you know, DeSantis uh, uh, for that. And then DeSantis yesterday, did you see he proposed making child rapists eligible for execution? Mm. You know, that's something that really has never been taken seriously, yet people have talked about that for the longest time. Whenever there's some type yeah. of, you know, yeah. horrendous, you know, child sexual assault or rape, right, right. you'll hear people say there should be the death penalty for that. Right, right. And uh, and then also allowing the uh, death penalty 
in Florida without a unanimous jury, and that comes out of the whole Parkland shooter case. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, one juror, they believe, was the one that said that's not going to happen. Right. And they said that just, you know, if, and, you know, so the, as I mentioned here in this article, the grieving parents of the victims of Parkland saying, if this isn't a case for the death penalty, what is it? Right. Right. Or, yeah. or what is? What is, right. What is? And, and so, um, you look at it and, you know, without a unanimous ju- jury, I mean, it's the death penalty, I believe, will evolve in people's minds probably because of DNA. Because the one thing, I would say the one thing from people that I know that are as conservative as you can possibly imagine and absolutely pro-punishing the criminal, the one thing that always bothered them about the death penalty is that if beyond a reasonable doubt, if you put them in prison, because that's not 100% beyond a reasonable doubt, and so life in prison, you can always reverse that. If it's wrong, if you can, if it's the death penalty, you can't reverse it. And that's the one little tiny thing. Does DNA change that? Does that change right. it in people's minds? Uh, because that's the one, that's the one thing there. People want to be, uh, I think that the majority of the nation, it's interesting because you and I have dealt with this before when people come up and go, no, I'm anti-death penalty. Well, what about Hitler? Well, no, there are exceptions. Well, then you believe in the death penalty. Right. You know, or, you know, people say, you know, I don't believe in the death penalty, but the fact is this guy, you know, uh, uh, tortured and killed these children. Well, that's... And it's like, well, then you do believe in the death penalty. Yeah. It's just, you know, where, you know, where on the scale you believe the death penalty should be applied. You're saying that a murder of an adult, if it's a particular non-vicious murder, should not be. But of a child, that a child's life, uh, uh, you know, I, and you can ask that this question. Is that because you believe a child's life is worth more or that the evil of killing a child is more evil than an adult? Hmm. And those are, I mean, those are moral questions that people think all the time. Right. Well, and, and with Governor DeSantis bringing up the possibility, discussing the possibility of a uh, the death sentence for child rapists. Yeah, this is something that in and very openly in private culture, uh, private culture in in culture in general has been discussed for a long time, and in private conversations, I you mean, know, people it, talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, but it was, but it was very in an in an open way. You know, well, somebody needs to, somebody should take people like that out. I mean, it's, you could say, very populist and not how law is created. But what is, I guess, the, if you're going to sit down and have state lawmakers look at something like that, where do you start? It's a very interesting, I think, very interesting prospect. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hardy, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. So, yeah, with DeSantis doing that, I mean, mm-hmm. and I guess my point was, uh, you know, the we'll see what, where Florida goes on this, and what this would have to be something the legislature would have to do, change, yeah. the, change the law like this. But right. uh, uh, when you when you look at that, I mean, it's, you know, basically the lines have been drawn for the death penalty in this country. Yeah, and right. and mm-hmm. But if you look at, you know, child rapists and things like that or child killings, uh, most people probably would be in favor of that. I'm going to guess in the state of Florida. Mm. Allowing the death penalty without a unanimous jury, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. A lot of it, if you don't get it, then you get life in prison without parole. And like I said, does does the advancements in DNA change that? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot to, to go through there. Uh, because like you said, a life in prison is reversible. The death penalty is not. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. And we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED. I guess they actually were the hosts of Red Eye Radio. We're not actually... Well, we are. Well, you know what I mean. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. <laughs> Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen overnight. Live. We are all one. We are all Red Eye Radio. <laughs> What's wrong with Eric? <laughs> so what happened was yesterday, I, I see this. I'm, I'm on YouTube doing my usual, you know. YouTubing. YouTubing, yes. That's what you call it. Okay. I'm yeah. YouTubing. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. I don't know what anybody I like that. else calls I'm, it. I'm YouTubing. YouTubing. I, 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 what, what, if, what if you're tubing on it and, and YouTubing on a tube? You can do that, but you can't be, you can't call yourself a YouTuber okay. because that's a content creator. Oh, so you're not okay. a YouTuber, but you can do some YouTubing. Oh, okay. I'm not a YouTuber. All right. right. I was talking about tubing down a river while right. watching See, YouTube. It, which would be like surfing. That, right. Used to, and we used to surf TV, remember? Right. Yes. Surf the channels, okay. And now we YouTube. Well, we're not a, we're not content creators yet. No, we're not YouTubers. Maybe, maybe someday if we want our faces to be seen. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, but I came upon this story, and and it was a very short report, uh, and it was from CBS Miami, and it said, uh, you know, it's they had the story. It was released apparently from CBS, but I can't find it anywhere except that that short clip from CBS Miami, right? That said, you know, Pence's documents. We know what they are. Mm-hmm. It's been released, and it was a story, a source story. And right. it says, basically, these are just materials, if if uh, briefing materials that he was given if he had to meet with somebody from another country or if he had, uh, a, you know, uh, a meeting with uh, somebody in the cabinet. They were just briefing materials that he were given that were viewed as classified. So they probably weren't top secret. They didn't get into that. They just said there, there was a classified material, and we're making it seem like this was just part of the things that he had in his job. Right, right, right. right. 
And and so as soon as I heard that, I went, okay, well, they have that story. There's still nothing on Trump. There's nothing nothing on what, you know, what he had top secret and nothing on Biden at all. Nothing. Right. And I said, I wonder why we're getting it on Pence. And then I see this story from NBC News. Senators in both parties voice frustration after they left a closed door briefing yesterday mm. with national, excuse me, Wednesday with national intelligence director, uh, Avril Haynes, who declined to show them copies of the classified documents discovered at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort and Joe Biden's office and Delaware home. Haynes also refused to discuss the sensitive material, citing ongoing special counsel investigations, according to members of the Senate Intelligence Committee who attended the classified briefing. Senator Tom Cotton, who was so furious after the briefing that he threatened to block presidential nominees or funding for some federal agencies until the Biden administration shows key lawmakers the classified documents. Whether it's blocking nominees or withholding budgetary funds, Congress will impose pain on the administration until they provide these documents, and that's coming from both parties, Cotton said. I am prepared to refuse consent or to fast-track any nominee for any department or agency and to take every step I can on every committee on which I serve to impose consequences on the administration until they provide these documents for the for the Congress to make our own informed judgment about the risk to national security. Senators were told Wednesday that Biden administration officials cannot brief Congress about the damage assessment of the documents until the special counsel investigating the Trump and Biden documents gives the green light. The bipartisan leaders at the Senate Intelligence Panel emerged together from the secure briefing room, rejected the administration's argument. That is not a tenable position, said Intelligence Committee uh, Chairman Mark Warner. What I think the director heard is she just didn't hear it from Senator Rubio and I. Literally every member of the, com- of the committee, without exception, said this won't stand. Wow. Let me rephrase that okay. in the, the correct way. Mm. What I think the director heard is she just didn't hear it from Senator Rubio and I. Literally every member of the committee, without exception, said this won't stand. Make sure I have the punctuation in the proper places there. Mm. Senator Marco Rubio said the committee's vice chair called it a very unsatisfying hearing. The bottom line is they won't tell us what they have until the special counsel allows them to tell us that is an unacceptable position. Warner and others pointed out that the Senate Intelligence Panel received regular briefings on Russian interference into the 2016 election at the same time a special counsel was appointed to investigate the matter. Right. The senators argued that their committee has oversight responsibility for intelligence matters and that they need to be able to assess whether the discovery of classified documents at Trump and Biden's unsecure homes and office provide a threat to national security. On Tuesday, news broke that a lawyer for former Vice President uh, Pence had discovered about a dozen documents at his home in Indiana and turned them over to the FBI. Now, that's a source story CBS had on that of what those documents uh, were. 
Uh, another committee member, member, Senator John Corden of Texas, said there is a lot of concern about Haynes and other intelligence officials deferring to the Justice Department on deciding who gets access to the recovered classified documents. This is part of the discussion that we had yesterday, right? Uh, uh, on this and the the exec, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if you can go to court on this. I was just thinking about that because we think in terms of the um, the discussion we had on need to know the gang of eight. The gang of eight would be. Uh, the Senate Majority Leader, Senate Minority Leader, the Speaker of the House and the uh, Minority Leader in the House. And then your on your intel committees, uh, both in the Senate and the House, it would be the chair and then ranking members. So there's your your gang of eight. But then on the intel committees, um, it would be, you know, I mean, those are that's the oversight. Their job is to say we need to know. About this information, we need to know essentially what we're at risk because you have to assume the worst, right? That this, whatever this information is in these documents, has been exposed to people who don't have clearance at the, um, I guess, least threatening point, all the way to the point of uh, nefarious actions, and it was deliberately exposed to people who are connected to the enemy. So these, th- there's your range, and that's why we have these committees to be our eyes. They have the clearance to see these items, and at the very least, the Gang of Eight can see those items. But when you have a, a bipartisan pushback saying, look, you can't, right. you can't just say we're going to, uh, you, you know, uh, the special counsel, they basically careened Jean-Pierre this well, to, it, to the intel committees, and you can't do that. Uh, it is also a separation of powers argument. The executive branch does not get to exclusively hold on to top secret information and an appointed law enforcement bureaucrat that would be the special counsel can dictate or the attorney general uh, through the special counsel because what they're saying is until the special counsel finishes it, well, where does that exist? That hasn't happened before. You don't get to decide that. The executive branch does not have uh, the only power to view national security risks. As you mentioned, for example, if it's a time of war, that's where the gang of eight gets involved. Right, right. And that means it's the president, it's the, it is the uh, uh, majority and minority leaders of both mm-hmm. the House and the Senate, and then the heads of the House and Senate Intelligence Committee, even some of the committee members, when you get to that level, might be on a need-to-know basis in a time of war as to what you're going to do. But then, secondly, it is the, the, uh, uh, the responsibility of the House House and Senate Intelligence Committee to have oversight and also understand, unless it's something that only goes to the to the the top level but you cannot shut out you cannot shut out uh the people's body which is congress they're the right. ones that make the law right the the executive branch these are appointed people you know in that spot the doj and, is not oversight no they're not and the special no, they're not oversight at all to be clear the special prosecutor <clears throat> essentially owes one thing to, to one person owes a report to the attorney general. 
not to the American people, not even to the committees. There may be some kind of hearing later down the road, but those are separate uh, issues the DOJ is looking at, and they are not oversight, and they don't get to tell those who are in charge of oversight you have to wait on us. Right. And so what what they're saying is because the special counsel, whether it's for Trump or Biden, is looking for law breaking. Mm-hmm. Right. The House and Senate Intelligence Committee, unless Adam Schiff's sitting on it, uh, <laughs> the House and Senate Intelligence Committee is looking to see if these top secrets that were out there were damaging to national security right. and what the damage is they need to know. Right. The Department of Justice is not looking at that. They're not looking at, all right, who might get burned by this? Right. You know, what secrets could be out there that we need to know? So they're looking at two different things. They're looking, they want to look at the evidence, excuse me, they want to look at the the, uh, documents. They don't want to look and analyze the Department of Justice and the special counsel's investigation as to whether there's criminal wrongdoing. Right. They want to see one side's looking for the criminal wrongdoing. The other side's looking for the potential damage to the United States and whether there is any because these documents have been out there. Right. And And, and that's it. And so for the Department of Justice to say no, that's why I wonder if and I don't know, I've got it. I'd have to go back. Hmm. Uh, I bet you that uh, maybe Turley will write a comment on this and he would know. In his position, and maybe Andrew McCarthy would know in this position that they've dealt with before, you know, in the in the government, whether whether this is something that I would assume this is something you can bring to the court. I would think it, so. it would seem because it seems to be definitely a separation of powers argument. Yeah, that you need to be able to see it, and the judge may say there's limitations. You see this just to see the damage. You cannot see the Department of Justice investigation into it, which is fine, right? You can't be, for example, interviewing. Uh, investigators from uh, uh, either of the special counsel's office were simply want to look and be told what was in these documents to see if what's been compromised or whether anything possibly could be compromised so we can take action. We don't know. We need to find out. And they're absolutely right. It is a separation of powers argument. They need to know. The executive branch can't do it. And there's one more point to make on this, a very important point to make on this coming up next, 866-90-RED-EYE. One rule of thumb in the dairy business seems to be that even when producers are getting lower prices for their milk... Milk production, it seems, I mean, mean, it just increases every year. It does. USDA Outlook Board Chairman Mark Jekinowski this week, USDA putting out its monthly milk production report, which bears out what Mark was saying. For 2021, U.S. milk output, 226.3 billion pounds. For 2022, it was 226.6 billion. That's only a two-tenths of one percent increase, but an increase nonetheless. Now, prices for milk and dairy products are going down, and of course... Producers will start to respond to those lower prices by milking fewer cows. But he says the reduction in herd size won't be enough to counter an increase in milk per cow. So his milk production forecast for this year? 
229.2 billion pounds. An increase over last year of less than 1%, still again an increase, even though Mark is forecasting milk prices in 2023 to average 15% below 2022. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Personalized savings on commercial truck insurance. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. And I think, you know, again, these are both important. The other reason is that uh, the House and, and Senate Intelligence Committee needs to look at what these top secret documents are and know what's in it is because you have a sitting president right now who is the focus of the investigation. And these are top secret documents that even go back to his Senate years. Yep. Yep. And there is the possibility, as we know, there is the alleg- there is the the evidence that exists from the laptop of influence peddling with the family. And again, not stating from the legal standpoint or even the political standpoint whether the president is guilty or not, but clearly the investigation has started. There's a special counsel on it. We know that laws were broken. He is the sitting president. These are, and some of the documents, top, top secret in various places. And you have already known collusion between the Department of Justice and the executive office not to release uh, these, you know, not to release the information to the public until the media got a hold of it. You must have the other branch of government, the legislative branch, know what's in these documents. Right. You cannot let this stand. No, you can't. And so uh, I don't know whether they can go to court on it. I'm just not familiar with it. We'll do some research and see what we can find and See if any other experts that have dealt with this in the past have commented on it. Hmm. But that is the second reason, because he's a sitting president under investigation. This this is something, when you think about it, for top secret documents, totally unprecedented, way worse than the Trump situation. And certainly the, the, uh, the, the Penn situation, because they were found in different places. And they were found in places where, number one, we have anonymous Chinese donors, tens of millions of dollars, and what we know is on Hunter Biden's laptop and the top the the classified documents that were found from the time that he was in the Senate. This is all inexcusable, inexcusable, and the potential of collusion between the Department of Justice and the executive branch office to keep this quiet and out of the public. Well. Look, um, this is anything but transparency, but, you know, when uh, up till now, but then you look at the situation with the intel committees. You, that's not about transparency. That's about oversight. You can't block oversight. It's about oversight, and it's, and, and it's also about, uh, you know, uh, uh, keeping the integrity of an investigation because the signs are out right, right now 
that that uh, the Department of Justice was hiding this. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this wasn't conservative media that reported this. Right. The Department of Justice and the executive branch, the president's office, both agreed not to let this out. Well, and, and, and for that, that reason, by the way, uh, you mentioned something earlier. Well, look, it's not that the oversight committees would be looking into the investigation that the DOJ is doing. But the fact that we know that they were working with the Biden camp to keep this all secret, then I think opens it up to the the intel committees to say, we need to look at what the what the process was from the moment the first documents were found until now. Because Oh, I agree that that's a good so, great point. So the that's DOJ would be it, their involvement is going to be relevant there. Yeah. As to yeah. the handling of those documents and and you know, all the way up until the present point. And that's a long, long road. Yeah, because if you're talking about we have oversight of top secrets and this doesn't seem to be going the way the Department of Justice doesn't seem to be doing their job on this either. You know, then, why then, why were they there, there are questions that need to be answered right. from the Department of Justice. So there's the national security standpoint, right, right. but there's also the integrity of the investigation and possible collusion between the Department of Justice. Well, there is collusion. Whether it was bad collusion or not, we don't know yet. And neither do they, but they were keeping it from the public, which isn't good. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and... Going over this the first time, you know, look, looking at uh, what the, the the story of uh, the uh, House and Senate Intelligence Committee, which is furious because uh, the, uh, the intelligence uh, agencies won't tell them, you know, whether uh, what was found uh, in the uh, the whole Biden thing. And they want... They want uh, they want to know what Trump had. They want to know what Biden had. Right. And they want to know what uh, uh, what Pence had. Right. And they won't tell them. They the the executive branch has said, nope, we're not we're not going to tell you until uh, the special counsel says that we can. Well, first off, there's a separation of powers argument there. We, we just want to go over in case you're just tuning in once so you don't get lost on it. And so we can actually get all of our thoughts together, too, to bring because we have three points to make here. We gave you the first two. But the first point was it's a separation of powers issue because the House and Senate Intelligence Agency, they get to look at top secrets. Right. Now, the super top secrets is the Gang of Eight, yep. which would be, you know, those members of the House, the the leadership and then the head of the House and Senate Intelligence Committee. Mm-hmm. Nobody has said it raises to that level of war kind of top secrets at this particular point although we don't know that it doesn't we don't know that it doesn't but but they have the whole point that's not the argument that right. the executive branch has given they're saying no. nobody can see anything in congress right. Right. Uh, until the special counsel says well that's not going to fly because they have oversight over the intelligence and the top secrets that is the people's representatives they get a say and they get to look and see what damage could be caused by any of these classified documents being out in the public. They now the, are our eyes. Right. Now That's the, re- the idea. Now, the real worry, and we all know what the real worry is, the real worry is not Trump and it's not Pence. The real worry is the fact that 
Biden had them all over the place. Right. And the House and Senate Intelligence Committee together has said, we need to know. We need to know, you know, what the repercussions may be. So we need to know what this information is. They have a legit separation of powers argument. Whether there will be a a a, a, a court case on that, we don't know. We don't know how that works, but we will investigate that. The second point is what you have had here in this investigation, the reason it's so important to look at these documents is because you have had collusion between Merrick Garland, the Department of Justice, and the president's office not to release any of this information to the public or to other members of Congress. So they didn't know about it. It's been kept secret. And so there's even more concern. Why did they keep this secret? Why didn't we know about this? This is about national security. They know. They know that the top secret classification was, and the top secret classification was for the you know the Ben Pi, the the Penn Biden Center. Right. They know that. They're right. concerned about it. They're concerned that these documents were separated and all over the place. And they're really concerned about the fact that Biden was able to. Get top secret doc or classified. I don't want to say, I don't know if it's that level, but classified documents when he was a senator to his house that has sat there for years. And so, because of the collusion, and we know the Department of Justice has tried to keep it quiet, they're saying we don't trust anybody. We need to know what's in these documents so we can see what the damage, what, what the damage is. We, we will have questions for the people in the Department of Justice. This doesn't affect. The special counsel, special right. counsel wasn't involved in any of this. Uh, in fact, when you put your investigator, the, the first investigator in from Chicago before the special, well, he's still there mm-hmm. until the special counsel takes over in the next couple of days. Lausch, he, yeah. Lausch, Lausch even said, you need a special counsel on this. He was bothered by the chain of custody and everything that happened here. Well, the DOJ owns part of that chain of custody. Yes. Because they kept it secret. They colluded with the Biden administration, the Biden office, in order to keep that from the public. Well, that's where oversight comes in, because oversight is about first knowing the entire life and travels of these documents. The the chain of custody, where they were, uh, we know they weren't secured at the House. Many of them, they weren't properly secured and stored. So it starts and includes... Any involvement of the DOJ in facilitating the travel of those documents. Right. That means the DOJ answers to the oversight committees. Full stop. Yep. Is not, not that the nature of the special prosecutor or criminal investigation or anything else uh, uh, is, is necessarily under the oversight, but... There will be crossover there in terms of any evidence that there might be, but it is for them the goal, the mission for the oversight committees is to find out where those documents were at each point and how they got there. And the DOJ owns part of that because they decided to keep it from the American people, including not telling members of Congress and the oversight committees. I haven't heard anybody say that the DOJ went to Capitol Hill, which they do occasionally on a number of items. They will go behind closed doors and sit with those committees and tell them, 
this is what is happening, and we're involved. Obviously, we're behind closed doors. It's not for consumption of the public, but we're going to bring you up to date right away. They didn't do that, and if I'm wrong, then I'll stand corrected. But we I haven't heard anybody making that case. No one from the DOJ made that case. We would know that by now if that had happened. So that tells me that the DOJ didn't want anybody knowing about it, and you don't get to do that. Oversight in that in that case, in this case, has every right to have the DOJ answer to their right. part in the facilitation of the movement of those documents. And, and and then to add to add to it, the reason that you're saying, well, you know, the Department of uh, uh, you know Justice, they they you know they don't have to report everything to uh, you know to you. Well, you're talking about top secret documents that that the House Intelligence and Senate Intelligence Committee have oversight of that, right. and they need to know the seriousness of that. And so to add into addition to it, they're also looking at this and saying, well, my God, you this is what I'd be thinking if I'm a part of the House or Senate Intelligence Committee. My God, we need to know what's in these documents. My God, you you went you, as a Department of Justice. You allowed you allowed the lawyers to do all of this. You believe them and then you didn't believe them. And then you sent more FBI in a 13-hour search. That's where you found more documents, including the documents that he took when he was senator. And you haven't completed and, the search. And and now where you found the top secret documents that are serious, and we don't know what's in those top secret documents, but those are the most serious ones you found at the Penn Biden Center, and you haven't sent the FBI to do a thorough search of of that place where we all know, because it sits in the back of everybody's mind, where millions of dollars of Chinese donations have come in. And so, but even if you take the Chinese donations out of it, because you go, well, okay, that that could be, you know, that could be political. Any investigators thinking that, but still they're top secret documents right. in an office that was not, did not have secret service protection, has been sitting there for years that they talked about the party where people had access to every part of the building. You saw right. that story. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. right. Yeah. But you found the most high level documents there and you haven't sent the FBI in here. We need to have much more oversight on this about how we need to know what's in there to find out whether you're doing your damn job to protect our national secrets. Right. 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 Why? Because that's the first question I would have. Have you completed the search of these other right. areas? And buildings, and and you open, and the answer is no. And you open the door to let them in, not 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 to judge the special counsel's investigation, but to to find out whether you, as a Department of Justice, is protecting our national secrets or whether right. you don't give a damn. Well, and and that's it. You don't get to the Department of Justice does not get to tell oversight. That they have no right to see anything that they're going to have to waive. Right. And the Department of Justice also doesn't get to say, yeah, we're not going to answer for any mishandlings of the documents ourselves. Right. I mean, because if you're not telling, if if you're not being forthcoming, I'm not saying they have to run to CBS. But if if Merrick Garland isn't sending somebody over or himself, 
is not going over. Remember when when it was the Mar-a-Lago raid, I personally signed off on this. Well, did you personally approach the oversight committees in November? Did you do it December 20th? When the Wilmington homeless documents were found? Have you have you at all proactively approached our representatives and said this is what's going on even behind closed doors? And, no. And, and so since you are in charge of the oversight of national intelligence and the top secrets, Congress needs to know, especially these you know, special you know, these two special committees, mm-hmm. they absolutely need to know, you know, what was in these documents. And the other thing is you had no problem telling them you wanted to search the personal home. What's the problem with the office? Right. That's where the biggest top secrets were found. Right. I'm I don't know. We know that the, they were big top secrets. I don't I you know, they were top secret classification. I don't know if any of the others at the home were or not, but still they could we put, know for sure that some were at the office. Right. And and that means if known, that could put our country, our national security at risk. We right. know right. that's a now the classification could be wrong, as Rand Paul has been talking about, that they overclassify everything. That's not the point. That's not that's not the point. Then we'll find the, that the out point, with the, the process. Right. The point is we don't know that. Right. We and, and we don't and, know that and because the fact, we're not our our right. representatives aren't given uh, the access that they should be given. And the fact that you haven't gone in to do that, we're questioning why when you did it over here. And we know that very sensitive documents were found here. And we also know that you can call it collusion. You can call it an agreement that you both agreed. Both the Department of Justice and the White House made an agreement not to tell the American public. And as you pointed out, the House or Senate Intelligence Committee right. that these documents had been found. They did not travel to Capitol Hill and say, hey, we, yeah. we found these documents, which right. that does happen. They will give briefings to members of Congress and committees behind closed doors and say this has happened and this is what's going on, and then leave it at that. And at that point, they have notified, essentially they have notified the public, even though we don't get access to it the people that represent us in that way get access to it and have been notified. Okay, hopefully we articulated that with some coherency. It, it's just we, we were going over it for the first time and then came up with a bunch of more stuff during the well, bottom of the hour because break. I, because I, because yeah. Tom Cotton is right to be just, yeah. you know, through the roof angry about all this. And we don't know. What, and and uh, we're both going to do some research on, on what the process would be of taking this to court. Uh, challenging the separation of powers and 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 how do you force uh you know the doj or anyone else in this case uh the administration the executive branch uh to comply with with the law because at this point you are we have to believe more documents are out there and you're not being forthcoming about that mm-hmm you have not, DOJ, has not completed their search. Because if right. they had, we would know about it by now. And so there there could be more documents out there, and we have, our oversight is non-existent right now, and we deserve to have everything in check yesterday. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. But if you look at this entire thing that has happened since this Biden scandal started a mm, little over two weeks ago, and I asked you earlier in the show, I said, has anything gone his way? Does anything at all favor that they're being transparent at all? And then this thing comes through where you now have bipartisan criticism where it's like there seems to be a complete cover-up on any information on anything, including what is a normal oversight yeah. responsibility. Right. It's like you don't get to know anything about this, about Biden, and everything stinks in it. Everything that the public looks at. You know, why was the Department of Justice agreeing with the with the, the White House, you know, not to release any of this? Why didn't they release any of the information? You know, what what in the world's going on? And then on the opposite end, where we get to now, where the Department of Justice is now saying, no, sorry. The House and Senate Intelligence Committee don't get to see what any of these top secrets are, so they can't analyze what the damage might be to national security. Because now it looks like you assigned the special prosecutor to keep it from. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. Oversight. Yep, yep. Wow, that's a good point. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 